0: This episode of This My Bourbon Podcast is brought to you by Distilled Experiences. You can find your exclusive Kentucky experience at distilledexperiences.com, and for every public tour, you can use the code MYBOURBONPODCAST for 15% off. Um, One more time, that is MYBOURBONPODCAST is the code, distilledexperiences.com is the website, and 15% off is how much you can save on every public tour. Shall we go on to the show? Okay, yes, Curtis, yeah, all right, great.
1: Roll the tape. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were talking to me. Delayed, delayed. response. I see I just how thought, it is.
1: I just thought, you know, <laughs> you were reading the ad and that was going to be it. Okay, on to the episode.
0: Welcome to episode 114 of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. Curtis is sitting in the bourbon room with me. How are you, buddy? I'm great, man. Great. We uh, just got done recording our pregame chats for Patreon at the $5 tier.
1: Hope they enjoyed.
0: I think that they might. We gave a very good review of some fried chicken.
1: Yes. The best fried chicken. The best fried chicken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the underrated fried chickens. It's kind of yeah. the, uh, we'll say, uh, oh, I don't know. The Evan Williams bottled and bond of
1: yes of fried chicken. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, mm. it's good, not too good, but good. Yeah, good enough. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Anyway, let's stop talking about fried chicken and let's talk about bourbon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we start every episode out with flying blind, where I blind our co-hosts or guests on something and uh. I just now realized that I haven't taken the tape off of this little sample bottle. Oh no. Uh, but that's okay. i you know what, Curtis, while I'm preparing this, I will ask you a question. What's up? What have you been drinking recently?
1: Uh what have I been drinking recently? <sighs> JW Dan. Oh really?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, because you said that's what you got from the uh yeah. your little hunting excursion. Mm-hmm.
1: That a is what I got. Ago. Uh for literally a one seven five, you can get a uh it for twenty eight dollars. Nice. So Really can't beat it. <laughs> and it's just solid. You know, it's obviously it it's uh there's parts of it that's a little rough around the edges, but well, sure. for what you're getting, oh it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with
0: that. I just uh, revisited um Blackridge bourbon. Uh which uh Came from Total Wine. Excuse okay. me. Um, and is a uh, it's one of their private labels that they bottle. They source it, uh, I believe, from Buffalo Trace, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's thirty bucks a bottle, ninety proof. Um, from what I understand, it's about thirty to excuse me, it's like four to six years old um we'll try some a little bit later if you have have you had it before i don't know if you've had it before
1: what's it called again
0: black ridge um this one yes i've had that before Oh, okay yeah yeah well we'll we'll have some more again here i'll take that from you if you don't mind uh thank, thank you sir, sir. Mm-hmm. so flying blind hmm, hmm. interesting oh, kind of maple-y like maple bacon. Yeah. But there's a spice on there, too. Mm-hmm. I have not had this yet. <clears throat> okay. I, I, of course, know what this is, but this is the first time that I've yeah. tried this.
1: <coughs> I'll That's tell like, you. It's like a plum.
0: Yeah. But kind of like, it's almost like baked plums like it's baked yeah. in, like it's actually i've never had any like baked
1: plum pie but it like but, but
0: like with everything that's kind of around it like there's like a a, a pie crust yeah there's definitely the a pie well crust yeah that i
1: i enjoy i like the nose quite a bit yeah. yeah cheers cheers i get the same Woo. on the on the nose but then spice spice wow it's a okay. spicy boy man Woo. Woo. That's cinnamon. That's
0: that's like going into my sinuses. Why is this clearing me up so much? Holy moly! Clove. Yeah, no, uh, clove and cinnamon. I'm I'm definitely picking up. Um, But like right off the bat, it hit me with a with a spice bomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then some of the pie crust flavors developed, and it's I enjoyed the nose better than the the palate, but I think the palate's kind of a roller coaster. It's so spicy. Yeah, it's spiced. It's it's a spice bomb. Mm-hmm. I again, I I personally do not mind it. I think it's quite good. Sure, um, yeah. I think the finish is a little lackluster, but I think overall
1: this is a a pretty good little pour. Yeah, it's a good pour. It's a unique pour. Do you want to know what this is? Yes, I want to know what it is because I have no
0: clue. No, there's no. I I would have been surprised. If you had gotten this. So this is a sample that was sent to us by listener Jordan Ferguson. Um, What he did, and he had reached out to me about this experiment that he was doing. And was wondering if I wanted to try it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what he did uh, was he took a new charred barrel. Or a new oak charred barrel. Yeah. uh, And he conditioned it with Appleton Estate rum for two weeks. Okay. Okay. So it's coating the inside of the barrel. It's kind of you know getting those flavors imparted. Yeah. Then he filled it uh, with 100 proof Knob Creek rye for four days. So this is a Knob Creek rum finished, finished. rye.
1: Okay. Would you have ever been able to guess that? No, I wouldn't have <laughs> ever gotten that. I understand why I'm getting all of the spice and the mm-hmm. f- from the rum. But yeah, no, I wouldn't have gotten that at all. The more I'm thinking about it wild. though. Yeah. Just wild. The more I'm thinking about it though, the more I am sitting there going, oh duh. It, yeah, right. It was a rum <laughs> It was finished in a rum cast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nah man. I, I that was a great little experiment that, yeah. that he
1: pulled off. <clears throat> so And was it what kind of barrel was this? Uh it's just like one of those Little quarter small barrels. Are they, what do they call those? Not quarter cask, but
0: um, I've just always called them mini barrels. Yeah,
1: I guess that's what you would myself, but
0: maybe quarter casks. I don't know. I have no. I clue. I, I really honestly have no yeah. idea. They should make a name for that though. Somebody's probably yelling at us over there. yeah into yeah. their phone. <laughs>
1: They're like, it's so, this. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um. Yeah, so that was Flying Line. Thank you, Jordan, for sending that to us. That was really, mm-hmm. really interesting and different and um, kind of got me excited for this review that we're going to be doing later on, too. Yeah. Which um, literally, and we'll talk about it later, just came in the mail. <laughs> Yeah. Moments before hitting the <laughs> record button, uh,
1: literally, Perry was sta- just standing, was, like, looking out his window, drumming
0: my fingers, yeah. and watching he out said it'd be uh, here. for the UPS truck. To... They said it'd be here by now, and I mean, you know, you you already know what it is. You're looking at the, the episode, but we'll talk more about it um, later on. So, shall we talk some news, Curtis? Yes, it's been an interesting week of news for uh, for the bourbon industry, which is crazy because.
1: It hasn't been that long since we talked about it. Yeah,
0: this. we was recorded on Sunday, and um, here we are on Friday talking more about it. Uh, anyway, um, so, first off, something really cool uh, that happened this past year, uh, which just came out um, from Buffalo Trace, was that they increased their tourism by 35% that. in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um so let me let me pull this up real quick so we can kind of uh, so to answer get some, all the questions of
1: do they need the bourbon trail
0: <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later yeah um, but they so according to distillerytrail.com thank you all for putting this article up thank you for allowing us to read it on the air I don't know why I had to say that um, distillerytrail.com. Uh, It says they welcomed a record-breaking 293,996 visitors in 2019, a 35% increase from the previous year. Um, And they also say, looking over the last 10 years, the distillery has seen an increase in visitation to the National Historic Landmark Distillery by 466% since 2010. Wow. If we're talking about whether or not the bourbon boom is still going strong, this is a great indication. Still going <laughs> strong. People are willing to go and travel and and see the, the birthplace of some of their favorite products. I mean, th- this is what you point to when you say, or when people ask, is bourbon still surviving? Is it still staying afloat? Yeah, it 100% is. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's all sorts of different factors to be uh, talked about with Buffalo Trace, them being one of the major uh, producers of some of the top name brands in the world, Van Winkle, Stag, Weller, uh, Weller you know, but when also Blantons. Blanton's, yeah, absolutely. But then you talk about uh, the fact that it doesn't cost you anything to go to their distillery and do a, a basic tour. Just that, that intro level of learning about bourbon. Mm. You don't have to pay anything. You get a free tour. You get to see what's going on behind the scenes. You get a free tasting. You get to try what they're actually making there. Like, it makes sense that Buffalo Trace has done 466% better (laughs) since 2010. Yeah. It just, like, it's one of those things where you're like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I could, I not that I could have predicted it to the the decimal point or anything, but yeah, I
1: mean, it, it's easy to assume that we're also starting at twenty ten, <laughs> yeah, so, right. but that's it, a whole t- ten years. Yeah,
0: so I mean, th- this is just a, a really a great indication of how bourbon is doing in in this market in this industry right now, and uh, you know. Out of those two hundred ninety-three thousand visits, I was probably there about two thousand times. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Barry goes on a daily basis. I'm,
0: look, I really like, legitimately, am at Buffalo Trace a lot, whether or not it's through the uh, through the tour company or you know just kind of on my own. Mm-hmm. I love Buffalo Trace. It it just it's such it's like that gateway into bourbon. Yes, you know it, it's that. It's that thing you come back to, it's the nostalgia of, like, growing up as a little kid and having, like, you know, all those flavors and smells uh, that, that remind you of being eight years old and, like, the storybooks that you remember from from being even younger. Like, Buffalo Trace is just, it feels, it feels like almost, and it, it's, it's not, but it almost has this, like, Disney World of bourbon. Yes, it's like the Disney World
1: it. of bourbon and the other... uh other uh that i was going to say was similar is the wonka factory. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the wonka absolutely. factory of of bourbon. <laughs> you walk in and there's just a a river of, of bourbon. <laughs> I wish. Could you imagine?
0: I wish. I'd go swimming in them there rivers. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That'd be amazing.
0: <clears throat> no, i i think that uh,
1: you know they, they they should make a song about that.
0: <laughs> river of bourbon
1: yeah with like bourbon balls and uh just like everything
0: (laughs) it sounds like it's a criticism of the fact that there were all those spills that happened last year
1: yeah it wasn't so i gotta be
0: really careful to like definitely wasn't toe that line
1: definitely was going for the wonka factory
0: um yeah but i I, one of the big things too uh the buffalo trace is doing in reaction to it is they're actually expanding their distillery or excuse me their visitor center um so you, you've you been to the, the mm-hmm. visitor center, of course. So that back wall um, from where... You, like if you go through the gift shop and head to the stairs where you go up to do your tasting yep. and everything, that back wall is getting torn down and they're basically doubling the size of the visitor center. That's great. So they're going to have even more room. I mean, <clears throat> it wouldn't surprise me if this time next year we're looking at these numbers and it's 350000 I mean, it, it would be crazy for them to not do yeah. that kind of numbers.
1: So anyway, which they, they no doubt had to increase that space to accommodate all those mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So
0: good on Buffalo trace. Well done. Very, very cool. Um, the next bit of news, which I'm, uh, very excited about wilderness trail. Wilderness. <laughs> You beat me to it there, bud. I had to. But yeah, no, Wilderness Trail has uh made the move from the Craft Trail uh to the main Bourbon Trail. Um I will say I knew this was going to happen. Like le- legitimately I had heard, you know, back in uh July or August that this was a move that mm-hmm. that Wilderness Trail was was going to be making, but um it's just exciting to see that this is actually happening for them. You know, we have been fans of Wilderness Trail for so long and um it's great to see them doing so well. Oh um, yeah. there's
1: just I don't know, man. It's gonna it's gonna be great just because they are coming out with so many different uh so many new releases and different products and you're you know, now you're getting into 6-year bourbons and I think it's a good good move to oh, that's really just bourbon jump on that. Oh man. Oh uh, wow wow they could.
0: I, I I'm like counting down the days until the six year bourbon gets released. Yeah. But it it does it does bring up an interesting point of conversation. And I I wanna get your your perspective on this. So with Wilderness Trail this is now the 18th distillery that is on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Now, if we're talking about, you know, what's happened since 2010. 2010 there
1: were 6. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So just a decade later, it's gone up 100 and what?
1: 20%. Oh, yeah.
0: At what point <laughs> Does the Bourbon Trail get too big? Is eighteen too many? Is twenty too many? I mean, like, where, where, where is that line for them? And like, I, it feels like originally it was this kind of exclusive club. Yes, and it was, and and it definitely was. But you know, the the one thing that I have learned about the Bourbon Trail over the past year is that there's not a committee. That decides who gets in and who doesn't. It's all based on paying into it.
1: Yeah, monetary value. And it's a,
0: it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to be on the Bourbon Trail to be you know through the Kentucky Distillers Association and mm-hmm. everything. I get it. I get that the, these distilleries are trying to make a name for themselves and they're trying to get that extra publicity and everything. But you know, I personally think that if your product is up to that standard, you don't necessarily need to pay into it. Right? And that's not knocking anybody that's on the bourbon trail. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not trying to take anything away from the fact that they are doing well enough. Especially since there's distilleries
1: that are forefronts of the industry.
0: Yeah, abso- yeah. absolutely. I mean you, we we talk all the time about how much we love Heaven Hill, mm. how much we love wild wild turkey. Well some of us love wild turkey just kidding um i just <laughs> 101 i know i know i've just messed with you but anyway th- those are brands that are really well known woodford reserve too you know um but the 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 point is do they need it so two-pronged question do they need it okay
1: and at what point does the trail get too big i think it is approaching not, I don't think there's necessarily a time where it's too big. I think the problem is, is that there's no requirement, there's no, there's no set of rules or requirements to be on the Bourbon Trail other than one, and that means you pay it.
0: I 100% agree.
1: There has to be a committee. We've talked about this. Uh, there has to be a committee. A certain amount of barrels produced, or, uh, or you know, visitors uh, coming to your visitor center, there has to be a certain, there has to be a evaluation, a a benchmark of saying this is what it takes and it needs to be a competitive benchmark. It can't be like a low, low bar, I don't think. absolutely. Because then it loses its whole appeal. If there's 30 distilleries that are like full out bringing in 50,000 visitors that are coming, like that are bringing that are producing this many barrels on, have this many Rick houses, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you should be on it. Yeah. But I think there is a point where it, it loses its uh, significance. I think so too. And I think we're kind of there. So that's where I'm at with it.
0: I, I am, I'm kind of, what was the
1: other question though?
0: Oh, well the, the other question was, um, is it necessary for these
1: big producers to be on it? I don't think it's necessary. I don't, but really I think it is either. I, but I believe that if you change how you get on it and the company that you're in, then it becomes significant to be on it. I agree. <clears throat> At no, this I, moment yeah. in time, I don't think that they need to be on it.
0: I don't. I don't think so either. I think that. When when you look at what the bourbon trail is, it's a tourism attraction or a tourist attraction. Yeah. Right. And that has negative connotations to it, but in essence what it's doing is pushing people to 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 seek out these distilleries, these either well known well known or not well known companies that are producing bourbon. Right. So in that aspect, yes, it's great for some people to see that there is that benchmark. And they go, oh, well, you know, they they have um, this sort of notoriety or this clout to them that they're allowed to be on the bourbon trail. And I do use the word allowed there because from the outsider's perspective, it is is an exclusive club. However, Mm -hmm. knowing from the inside that it's not and that they are paying $250,000 a year to be on it. You know, it, it's not it's not as exclusive. You're right. I think what what it gets down to is if we're talking about trying to determine factors, and yes there is a bit of subjectivity to it, but why not have like a tasting panel? Why not have a group of twelve to uh, twelve to twenty people. Yeah. Um and you know, it's like Peggy No Stevens and Fred Minnick and Michael Veach yeah. and, and people the, that are respected, the people who are respected and the people who, you know, the, they, they have a prominent voice that people go to in the industry. That group of people get samples from the distilleries that are trying to get on the, the crap, get on the trail. They try them and they say either, they say one of three things. No, not yet. Or Yes. Mm-hmm. No, just flat out saying get out of here with that. Not yet means throw them on the craft trail, give them time to kind of develop their their product, and then yes, just immediately they're they're put on the on the bourbon trail itself. I think that, there and and again, it is subjective to have a tasting panel, but. If you take that tasting panel, and then you also factor in, you know, their output uh, at the distilleries, and maybe you know, however many units they're they're moving per year, and and everything, I think that's a way better system of getting people onto the bourbon trail than than just paying into it. Yeah. But at the same time, and and I, I'm I'm totally two facing this whole thing. At the same time, if you are able to. Pay into it to get extra publicity. Fine, go for it. That's that's a great way to spend your money. Mm-hmm. Other than you know, other than like an ROI of trying to you know reinvest in yourself. Yeah, you know, that that's a great way to get more people buying your product and coming to your your distillery to check out what you're doing. By all means. I'm not I'm not complaining about that at all. <clears throat> I just think that the process needs to be different. That's all it is. That's all that's all it is.
1: Yeah. There needs to be some sort of requirement or benchmark yeah. of this is how you get in.
0: More more than just pain. Yeah. More than just pain.
1: Yes. It should it should have a a sense of notoriety. It should have mm-hmm. this sense of oh, we want to be on the Bourbon Trail so bad but we can't because a reason or B reason. Just yet. Yeah. But that's a goal. That's a goal for us to Yeah. Become larger, yeah. something like that.
0: And again, and I, I, I'm so happy for, for Wilderness Trail to yeah. be able to get to that point where they say, Yeah, we we can make this happen. This is the next big step for us in in our existence as a company. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and was, we and we love them too.
1: Yes. We love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I do think um you know I, I'll walk back my my uh you have to produce this much, you have to do I think that it should be your product should be for sure approved by a, a panel of of people that are well known throughout the industry that are known for their taste and for For what is great bourbon.
0: I'm just getting out some Wilderness Trail for us to Mm. drink on, too, while we chat about this. When was the last time you had this?
1: The rye? The Wilderness Trail rye. I have not had that in probably around a year. Since it came out? Yeah. And around the time.
0: You know what I'm just now remembering? Curtis, you and I split this bottle we did yeah we did you went to to Justin's house of Urban and you were like hey they've got the wilderness trail ride you want to split it oh yeah And I have had this at my house with just like a third of it gone quarter of it gone. that's wild so we need to find a vessel for you to take yeah it. I'll <laughs> take it home tonight your other half yeah I'm with you that's I'm sorry. so funny oh I'm, I'm so sorry
1: I, co- I completely forgot that this oh it's t- <laughs> I totally forgot about it <laughs> I brought it over and said here
0: so I I said on the on the pregame chats that um that I didn't have an article. But you know what Curtis it, if I did have one. Um and guess where it comes from? This is the same website. It's from gearpatrol.com. Uh-huh,
1: Gear Patrol.
0: Um and I feel like this is going to be a new
1: segment or something. <laughs> it's Gear- like <laughs> Grind your gears, <laughs> yeah.
0: Grind your gear patrol, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten into Rise as much as I should. I think that you should get into Rise a little bit more. Yeah,
0: because there's so much more to be offered.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, like, and I mean, I always know that there is. It's just I never, I never jump on board with it. Mm-hmm. I never go get it. And, uh, by the way, this is a single barrel of, uh,
0: the Wilderness Trail rye. It's 100.9 proof. Where'd the cork go? Thanks, Kurt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... That's good. So this, uh... I'm already rubbing my forehead at this article. Um... It's called How to Talk Bourbon, 11 Slang Terms Every Wannabe Expert Should Know. I am so excited. You for ready for this? Yes. All right. Number one, juice. Fine. Everybody uses juice. I've gotten to the point where I kind of hate the word juice. juice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't really care much for it. I, I'm not a huge fan either. Um, it's used as a means to avoid saying whiskey or bourbon over and over again in conversation. But that's what you're talking about. Exactly. Why do we have to? Have I don't an, think
1: from, and geez. I don't think the purpose is to avoid saying bourbon or whiskey. I think it's just another way of saying, of expressing, of expressing, <laughs> wow, that, you know, that pre-fire juice. That juice is great. You know, it's I fi- get it, but it's I don't fine. like. The term. I get
0: that people say it. It's not my favorite either. I just, I, it's been used to death.
1: Yes. <laughs> And to say wanna be expert, anybody can say juice. Anybody can say. There's juice. no entry. There's no level of expertise where you say, "Oh, I can say juice now." So how about this next one, which is also dumb, uh, unicorn. Yeah. It's
0: one that goes without saying. Yeah. Every like
1: everybody uh, people use unicorn in multiple things.
0: You don't have to have somebody explain to you.
1: What are you? Yeah.
0: Jeez. <laughs> oh, Next one, honey hole. I kind of understand that one a little bit. Yeah. I'll give them a little bit of credit there. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get, I'll give them that. Not everybody's like, you know, oh, I get it. Yeah, exactly. And and they they have a pretty good description. They say uh, they say most honey holes are found on the outskirts of urban areas where they'll receive a city's allocation of high value bourbon, but with far less foot traffic. That's true. Yeah. That, I mean, that, I'll give that them is, that one. Yeah, that, that's a thing that happens. I mean, we talked about it last week on on the episode with that uh, that store on the outskirts of Frankfurt yeah. that got just a massive shipment of Buffalo Trace and products. Nobody one came day. in. Nobody was there for it. Mm-hmm. So uh honey barrel is the next one. Um I, it says unrelated to the honey hole, the honey barrel is something out of old bourbon lore. It's the Platonic ideal bourbon barrel created by an unscientific, know it when you taste it fusion of temperature, rick house location, age,
1: distiller know how, and luck. But it is kind of related to a honey hole. It
0: is. It is the honey. <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> because you,
0: <laughs> you a, have to look at the a, honey
1: a, hole. Jeez, might be girl. the ones picking the honey barrels. Potentially. Potentially.
0: Potentially. But you think about the. Uh, like, the the center cut of the warehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, that middle section is where everybody says the best barrels come from. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. I've never heard of this next one. Okay. Fake tan.
1: Fake tan? Fake tan. The only thing I can think of, and this is just me using context clues, is somehow a fake tan is like it looks... It looks darker and I don't, and older than it is. Yeah, is that wrong? No, that's wrong. no,
0: that's right. So what they said is, though adding artificial caramel coloring to deepen flavor is a banned practice in the bourbon world, some drinkers insist there are distillers who give their bottle a fake tan. What? Uh, why whiskey goes into a barrel as a clear spirit and comes out somewhere on the yellow gold brown spectrum. The longer bourbon ages in a new charred oak cask, the deeper the hue. And seeing as many drinkers still equate age to quality, a deeper color is a desirable trait. Never heard this phrase used before. I've never heard anyone use it. Never. Because that's not something that happens with bourbon. It shouldn't be happening with bourbon. If it is, you need to be shut down. I mean, you you need to have a serious conversation about what
1: you're doing with your, your product. But that's not a grand... Term that no, is ever used. I, I mean, you could have stuck with, I mean, uh, out of
0: the 11 that are on here, that could have been the one that you took off so that there could be 10. Like every list has, <laughs> yes, a, a, a top 10 list. Not who does a top, top 11? 11. Gosh, uh, this next one is tater.
1: Uh, What's a tater?
0: Oh, have you never heard the, the I the actually word have no clue, really?
1: No, okay. Um, I am a wannabe expert. <laughs> Well, you should read this top 11 <laughs> list. Yes. Thank You mean top 10? uh uh-uh. Uh-oh. Nope. Oh, okay.
0: I meant what I said. Uh, it says, A sign of the times, the latest word in bourbon whiskey parlance, a tater, is an enthusiast who perpetuates the category's newly found hype culture. Taters are the type to run to liquor stores upon hearing a bottle is getting hot, like, say, if it won an award. That's pretty funny. Actually... <laughs> And buy a case for the sole purpose of reselling it. For a complete list of Tater moves, I... check out the Tater Talks eighty one and counting signs, you might be a Tater. Um that that's a whole list. It's by Wade Woodard. Um he talks about what makes you a tater. I mean, like, but it's not just it's not just that you're going to buy it to resell it. Yeah. It's also that you're you're playing into the hype on bottles that everybody says are great, great and they really
1: aren't that great and they
0: really aren't that great. I mean, like that's why we are seeing things like uh weller special reserve as being hard to find Yeah, because the hype started with Pappy and then it trickled down to weller 12 and mm-hmm. then it trickled down to special
1: reserve because, because it's part of the same line. It's part of the same line because yeah, it's, exactly. it's poor man's Pappy. It's the, you know, it's the same mash bill. Yeah. <laughs> so fine. Whatever. Tater's fine. Okay. Uh,
0: white Dog. Because I've heard of that. White Dog is the next one. Everybody knows. I mean, not everybody, but if you like, like, ever
1: go to one distillery. They'll tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: one's weird. Uh, Angel Share. Fine. I know. could ask my
1: mom. <laughs> and she'd be like, well, I know what is. White Dog is. <laughs> That's and my mom doesn't drink. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Next one's Angel Share. Uh, it says, the wood okay. barrels... Uh, we don't have to get into that one. What is this next one? The hunt? <laughs> Used as a general term in collecting vernacular to describe the search for highly coveted bottles. Gotta go on the hunt. Nobody says that. No. <laughs> Nobody. I would like to... I, I imagine, if we were crafting out of clay, this wannabe bourbon expert, or or newbie, or whatever... Okay. And all you give them is like three or four bottles, and then this list, and then everything that they've learned in that vacuum is how they're shot out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> so many people would go, What is the matter with yeah, you? Yeah, why do you keep saying Nobody that? says, nobody says, I'm going on the hunt this weekend. Yeah. Would you like to join me? <laughs> would you like th- I've
1: I've got the horses. The horses are ready. The horses are ready, the and the dogs, dogs are, are, are chopping at the
0: bits. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll by the... George, we're going to catch that uh, fox. We're going on the hunt. The hunt for the unicorn. Dusty's is the next one. You're not a tater, are you? <laughs> yeah, that's. The... <laughs> they have to incorporate that. Yeah, and uh, they hold a, they hold a bottle up to the light, and
1: they go, "Ah, oh, this looks like it's got a fake tail." <laughs> as oh. they ro- as they and then as they ride, they go. They go, ah, there's the honey hole. (laughs) George, keep going. (laughs) Not good,
0: man. Not good. Uh, Dusty's is next. Fine. I can understand maybe a little bit of explanation behind that. And then Flipper. Flipper is what they were trying to ascertain from the tater definition. That they're going and buying overhyped bottles to then resell them. Yes. That's a flipper. That's a flipper.
1: Tater is totally removed from that. I My beef with some of this is these are terms that go across all industries. Yeah. You can flip a house. You can flip a sneaker. Yeah. Or sneakers. Yeah. You can hunt for anything.
0: I'm hitting my head on the microphone, listener, because I'm... I'm exhausted by these Gear Patrol articles. Yeah. I would like to assume, though, that a couple weeks ago they caught wind of the fact that we were reading these articles on the podcast and they're just trying to get ridiculous. I would love that. And they're just putting it out for us. Uh-huh. If that's the case. Keep it up. Keep them coming. Keep <laughs>
1: yeah. them coming. Well, gladly.
0: <laughs> Maybe we could do an episode with the Gear Patrol folks. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, that kind of does it for the uh with that the news and article. What section, are some
1: man. terms that you would say that deserves to be on that not all the ones they gave, but just ones that you're like, oh, you're missing that's a good question hmm. I would venture to say Mash Bill.
0: Yeah. Rick House. Yeah. I mean, like the first time that I said Rick House to Tanner, he stopped me and said, what did you just say? Yeah, I don't know what that is. And he said, did you say Brick House or Rick House? And I was like, no, it's Rick House. Rick House should be on there. Mash Bill should be on there. Um, I can kind of see White Dog being on there as a... Sure. Okay. I I think that Master Distiller needs some explanation. I don't think that that's, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately comprehended by everybody. I think that even like, maybe even glass terminology.
1: Yes. Like, not everybody knows what a Glencairn is. No, Glencairn. Norlin. Yeah, Norlin's on the edge because not many.
0: Yeah.
1: I think Norlin's off it because I think that's still a very, very. Low popularity.
0: I think that that list doesn't necessarily need to exist. <laughs> you okay. know? Yeah, sure. Like I just think that it's, it's playing into a hype or an idea that isn't necessarily there. And we kind of talked about this on the pregame chats. Mm. People will be willing to le- let you into the world of Bourbon. If you are kind enough,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, I mean, if you're, if you're not being a, if you're not being rude about it or you're not trying to one up somebody, I think that it's, you know, it's within the realm of possibility that you don't have to squeeze information out of people to, you know, learn about this industry.
1: Yeah. Somebody's going to tell you, somebody's going to wind up telling you. Yeah, I don't know if there should be a list. There should probably just be... Oh, you don't know what that is? Yes. You know, such and such. Just because I've been doing this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know, man. It's just... uh, For example, I didn't know what a tater was.
0: Well, sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Well, that was kind of our... uh, I would say kind of our main topic. I don't really have anything else to talk about unless you do. Nah, I'm cool with that. Yeah? You want to review this uh, this Elijah Craig rye? I
1: do want to review this Elijah Craig rye. I am so excited. Before for this. We, yeah, before we get into that wilderness trail rye, what's your thoughts?
0: Oh, very good. Yeah, quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rye boasts that uh, that thing of, um, you know, because it's younger. Well, excuse me. No, it doesn't have to be as old to have as much flavor. There is much body to it. And, you know, this is a four-year-old Naturally, rye. Naturally, because of the rye. Yeah, exactly.
1: Rye has more of a spice, mm-hmm. more of a...
0: More more flavor to it yes. in general. So, I think it's great. I need to do this. I need to do the, the Wilderness Trail rye and the New Riff rye up against each other. I'd love to do that. To see which one I like best. Mm-hmm. Because, I like, just kind of right now, I'm leaning towards the New Riff rye. But this is still very good.
1: Yeah, and I don't believe I've ever had the new Riff Rye, so I will have to to compare those two. It's very rye. It's
0: very rye. Yeah. To steal a phrase from the Grease. <laughs> <laughs> it is very rye.
1: Mm. But it's good stuff. <laughs> Which makes sense. <laughs> I think that is funny. <laughs> If I'm a distiller, like, distillery listening to this. Well, yeah, we put rye, That's why we called it a rye.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a rye whiskey. It's a rye whiskey. You idiots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. very right. Well, Oops. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt. It's supposed to be. Um, so this, as I said before, is the Elijah Craig straight rye. Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. 94 proof, just like uh, Elijah Craig rye is. Um, This came courtesy of Heaven Hill, as they have been so gracious to us over the past few months. They've sent us bottles and sample bottles and whatnot to review on the podcast. Thank you, Heaven Hill, for for sending this. Very, very cool. Uh, They sent a nice letter along with it. Um, Let's see here. Uh, They said that it's a mash bill of... 51% rye, 35% corn, and 14% malted barley. So it's going to be a barely legal rye. Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, uh, It's the primary rye mash bill used by Kentucky Bourbon Distilleries since taking over virtually all American rye production post-prohibition. The same mash bill directly responsible for the rye resurgence seen today. Fair enough. Uh, Elijah Craig was known for his pioneering spirit, this heritage, and his long-standing impact on the community lives on today through the award-winning lineup of Elijah Craig Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Elijah Craig Barrel-Proof Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Elijah Craig Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and now Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Uh, It's an uh, MSRP of $29.99. It is currently available in the limited markets of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Oregon in January 2020. Uh, for more, visit uh, ElijahCraig.com. And uh, that wraps up that ladder. That was a dumb way to end that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can go learn more about that there. I So one of the big criticisms of this, um, and we talked about this when it was first announced way back in like November, October, I think. Um, which, by the way, was one of our most popular episodes. So thank you guys for... Uh, latching onto that—that that was really mm-hmm. cool. One of the 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 big criticisms was that it wasn't being released in Kentucky yet; it was only be- being released in four different markets. And uh, you know, if you were going to release something in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Oregon first, not everybody's going to agree with that and go, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, I mean that's it seems bizarre, but it was explained to me, I think, by Tim Gunderman who you can follow on Instagram, at TimmerGund. Great guy. Um, That the reason that they're doing this in these limited markets is because it is in more cocktail-heavy places. And so they're trying... So a lot of people like to change up, say, like a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned. Instead of using bourbon, they use rye, right? And so these must be markets that they've deemed more appropriate for a new wide release of a product that's probably going to be incorporated into cocktails more. So I kind of get that, but at the same time, and, and again, we talked about it. It seems like it should have been released in Kentucky as well. You would think you would think, but, but Here I, we I
1: understand. Here we go. I are. understand the fact that yeah. of the cocktail thing.
0: I'm very excited for this. Yeah, me too, man. Let me just say. Uh, So, cork pop? Oh, good one. That was a good one. I
1: like that. I like that.
0: (laughs) Pour you some of that 94 proof Elijah
1: Craig rye there. I'll put that rye whiskey in that Norlin glass.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're trying uh, trying it out of the Norlin glass tonight, which is uh,
1: different for us. It is a little different. And I haven't used a Orland glass in a long time. Yeah. Smells like a rye. No. <laughs> Does smell like a rye.
0: I got some on my lips accidentally.
1: <laughs> oh no. I got my nose too far in. We can't we can't finish the podcast. It's this is creamy. One. Yeah.
0: You know, for a for a barely legal rye, I mean, it makes sense that it's not going to have a whole lot of like rye punch to it. Um which would make sense. Cuz in comparison yeah. to
1: the Wilderness Trail rye, you're definitely not getting as strong of a punch. No.
0: Kind of a light ginger spice in there too? Yeah. there's even it, it's it's kind of like a watered down honey note like there it's balanced really well with some of the spiciness mm-hmm. on there but I I like the nose I think it's quite pleasing it's a little light for my taking I think so too but I don't think that it's It's not detrimental by any means. It's very good. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pour a little bit into my Glencairn as well, just to kind of, because it's side by side. I do wonder if that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, now it actually smells more like a rye once it's actually in the Glencairn.
1: Yeah. And now I can get the. Oh, now it's not light. It's I not actually, light at all.
0: I actually like the nose a lot more on the in the Glencairn than I do the
1: Norlin. I used to think I like the Norlin glass better.
0: I think that the Norlin is made for. A more overall smooth experience. It's not a word that I really like using too much when I talk about bourbon. But it it's it's what you want a smooth taste to be, yeah. But if you're really looking for tasting notes, I think the Glencairn is going to be superior.
1: Yeah, just because it it really puts the smells and the aromas it filters the them, up, yeah, yeah, filters them to the top.
0: I mean, yes, it does still smell like a rye whiskey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it is it is very classic it is very true to form but it's i i don't know if this screams elijah craig yet to me mm. like it just based on the nose maybe this would have served better as a different product
1: name you know what i mean like a heaven hill maybe ride. but we haven't tasted it yet. we haven't tasted it yet so i, think I, I am curious might, to I find think out that might change it yeah Oh, oh! That is tasty. I'm okay with it. Oh, the finish mm. is very long on it.
0: All right, I'm calling it right now. Best product of 2020. I'm just kidding. Wow! <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the finish, yeah for 94 proof the finish is ridiculous mm-hmm. i'm starting to get like floral notes towards the finish and that honey's kind of popping out a little bit too it's kind of um and when i say floral i'm thinking kind of like kind of hibiscusy kind of rose water. like yeah it's just it's very kind of like
1: okay very very fresh, you know, like a fresh thyme. It's very fresh. Or like a fresh uh, mint kind of feel.
0: I had my doubts. I legitimately had my doubts.
1: Okay. This is really I cool. had my doubts when I was having, I was uh nosing it in the Orleans glass.
0: Right. And you you went back to the Orleans as well. How are you comparing the two now? How do you feel in comparison, I guess?
1: Uh, I prefer it in the Glencairn. But I haven't tasted it yet.
0: I have. And I definitely prefer it in the Glencairn. Yeah. It loses the creaminess Mm -hmm. that was on the the mouthfeel the nose is with the, with significantly the Glencairn.
1: better with the Karen.
0: i think it overall
1: yeah. is
0: significantly better in the Glencairn. um yeah it it loses it loses the finish the palette is so much lighter there's nothing up front it's just not it's not as it's just not as good yeah the palette
1: i i think It makes it too smooth. It makes it water.
0: Yeah, which no, doesn't make totally sense. It you. shouldn't. You think it would enhance it? I think too. And and kind of going back to my previous statement about a smoother experience with yeah. the New Orleans. I think it's more tailored to high proof whiskeys. I think so too, because it takes
1: the ethanol out of the exactly. Mm. Yeah,
0: but it does something to lower proof whiskeys where it just kind of just kind of kills the mood.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You it's know, like, it just but it. I need that.
0: Yeah, I, sometimes you just need a little, just a little yeah, something, something. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even have been able to tell you that these are the same whiskey. <laughs> I couldn't either. It's like going from water to wine. Mm-hmm. It's a Jesus miracle,
1: going from the Norlin to the, the Glencairn. Yeah,
0: it really is. It's so good in the in the Glencairn though. <laughs> You've given up on the Norlin in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same. But have you added in a Norlin? <laughs> we that's, threw that rye whiskey in so there. That, that's a that's a Chad Perkins original. I don't want to steal the. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. He likes he likes playing that character. But <laughs> but, but have you added in a Norlin? <laughs>
1: Have you tried it in a Norlin? <laughs> Which he's a big proponent of the Norlin. He right? is,
0: yeah. And I mean, like, I don't, I don't dislike the Norland by any means, yeah. but in this case, the Glencairn is king. Yes. Well, shall we rate it? I would like another sip before I, I rate it, so I can kind of readjust to the, uh, the Glencairn okay. profile. But if you want to go ahead and start with your,
1: your ratings, by all means, go for it. Well, I can just do, do my nose. Sure. My nose, I'm going going to go with a three. I think the nose is very good. Definitely in the Glencairn, you get that, that you know creamy, that spice, a uh, little bit of that ginger you were talking about, and also having some of that fresh thyme. In my opinion, uh, I I, I think I really enjoy it. I do want it to be a little stronger. And I think that's why I give it three. Still very good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually going to give it a 2.5. Okay. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I think it's um, it's very understandably a rye. But there's not a whole lot that's making it spe- a, a spectacular rye nose. Mm. Right. I, I think that it's it serves its purpose and you want to move on to the palate. Right. Yes. You know, I, so very middle of the road, 2.5 for me. I'm going to give the, the, the palette a 3.5 though. Okay. I think the palette absolutely trumps the, the nose. Could it be a little bit more robust? Yeah. I think that's where the, you know, the, the proof kind of comes into play. Um, you know, Elijah Craig at 94 proof is just kind of a standard, Mm. right? I mean that, that's just how it is. Uh, When when you're talking about Elijah Craig small batch or single barrel in general, it's a 94 proof whiskey. It it seems like it could benefit from being around 100 proof. And then that kind of leads me into thinking about Rittenhouse Rye, which is also a Heaven Hill product and is bottled in bond. So maybe Rittenhouse is kind of that superior product, and yeah. we we can kind of we
1: we can compare it if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, that's I mean, interesting that that they would put out a product, uh, at the eighty proof mark. Do you think this is ninety four? Ninety four. Sorry. Uh, do you think that this is more of an introductory, introductory rye whiskey? Would you say if somebody hasn't no rye before absolutely try Elijah Craig rye this yeah. is where it's at
0: no 100% because you're you're not only giving them a lower proof rye but you're also giving them a barely legal rye quote yes. unquote at 51% so you know if you threw somebody into the fire with a, a 100% rye or a 95 oh, 5 that'd be rye crazy. you know yeah. i mean that that might turn them off to it but yeah this this is very much kind of dipping your toes into the
1: the, the shallow end of the mm. rye pool. And I think it, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Keep, keep and talking. I think I'll that, get the, yeah, the, uh, I believe else.
1: that it's a really good move in the sense of, Hey, you've had Elijah Craig bourbon, which you know is very good. And now switching over and saying, Hey, if you likes the small batch, if you like the Elijah Craig, try the rye just to give you an introductory, to a rye
0: and and I want to say too you know when I was saying that I wasn't sure based on the nose whether or not the palate was going to live up to that Elijah Craig name mm-hmm. I think it does I really think it does I think it tastes like what you kind of would expect this whiskey family to taste like yeah and you know I've always categorized Elijah Craig bourbon as Being like a, what, what bourbon kind of should taste like, Mm -hmm. you know, just if you're looking for a benchmark, it's Elijah Craig. Yes. And so I can kind of see that same thing with the Elijah Craig rye. I think that it's in that same ballpark. It's in that same family. Does it make it spectacular? Not necessarily, but I think that it's a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. i think that it's it's going to win people over and you know if 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 you're one of those people who go that's a smooth bourbon or that's a smooth whiskey yeah this is going to kind of play into that i don't think that it's it's not punching you with a bunch of rye spice i think that it's just a it's a tame rye whiskey
1: yeah it is but it's but That's it's good. It's still so it's good so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and um, you know, I I'm gonna jump to, to price real quick before I, I get to my, my finish score. Yeah. Just to um, say
1: we didn't do the finish either. Yeah, no, uh, that's what I'm saying is yeah. I
0: was gonna jump to my price just because it's a well, topic.
1: Gotcha. Well, I will shoot over to my palette and just say that I oh, put yeah, it. Sorry. I put it I put it as a three and a half as well.
0: Oh, okay, great.
1: Um because that I think that's where it really shines. Mm-hmm. Uh it really gets you with the rye spice a little bit. Yeah. Um it eases you in. I think this is a perfect, perfect oh, way absolutely. to get into it's... into a rye whiskey.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, if if we're comparing it to and maybe it's not fair. Maybe there's a, a a bit of, you know, we it's apples and oranges. But if we're talking about what the quality of Elijah Craig Bourbon is compared to this rye, I think that it's very, very much on par. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're if we're just taking it at face value, and you're you're going, this is what it should be. I think a three point five is an excellent score for it. Honestly. Yes. What about the finish for you though?
1: The finish is on par with my with the nose for me. I think it it's at a 3.
0: The finish is The finish is my least favorite part not because it is bad, it's just not enough. Okay. So I'm going to give it a 2. Gotcha. Um again, it, it's it's not because it's bad by any means. Mm -hmm. It's just, it needs to be, it needs to have a little bit more to it. And again, I think that, you know, the higher proof could have done something extra for it at, you know, I, I think that uh, a higher proof, lower aged rye whiskey is typically pretty, pretty spectacular. And I think that, what do they say? I don't even know if uh, heaven Hill gave us an age. Um, No, they didn't, but I imagine that it's around the six-year mark. Mm. Um, So, in that case, yeah, it it could be a little bit higher proof. And, I, you know, we're going to try the Rittenhouse while we're doing barrel rings and uh, the the mailbag uh, as well. But, yeah, the, the finish just needs a little bit something else. It needs just a little teeny tiny bit more to bump it
1: up. To bump it up. I understand that. That being said, I felt like the nose and the finish were on par for, like they were the same for me, and that's why I put it as a three. I I just didn't
0: get it. If we're if we're talking, you know, nose to finish, um, it was just kind of a downhill slope. Okay, for me, yeah. But at thirty dollars a bottle, I think that's a really good deal. And it it you do have to take into into account that it's part of a storied brand it is from a distillery that they freaking know what they're doing man mm-hmm. i mean they're they're not they're not beating around the bush i think 30 dollars is highly appropriate I, i'm gonna give it a four yeah. and, and this is this is one of those rare times where you know a, a lot of a, a lot of the time you know i'm taking into account everything else uh, the nose the palate and the finish when it goes into my price but I think like if we consider it more of a value, I think the thirty dollars is great. Mm-hmm. I really do.
1: I I totally agree, and I, I'm gonna give it a four too. I didn't realize that it was thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, and I, you can't beat that. No.
0: No. Uh, so overall, it's a
1: value. It's a value. Like it is a value rye whiskey. This is like something you could use if you're really into rye whiskey. It could be like a daily sipper. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, it's only 30 bucks. You you know, you're not spending a ton of money on this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that gives me a 12 out of 20. Not the highest score. But to me, that's still, this is still a recommend. I, I think that, you know, once it either, whether or not it's in your market or it's going to be in your market soon. I think this is something that you should try. This should be on your bar cart or mm-hmm. in in your your repertoire for people to to try. It's is it the best try I've ever had? No, no. But it's still fantastic.
1: It's still a it's very a great good experience. Rye. Absolutely, it is. And it comes to my number comes out to thirteen and a half. And I think both of ours is obviously a recommend.
0: Boy, that palette is really good.
1: <laughs> it is. It's good. I
0: mean, I would even bump it up to a four. Would you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like you know, twelve and twelve point five are not that far off. No. So I mean, I'm I'm in that range. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's a really good palette. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Oh, okay. So I I'm asking you. Do you want to? We've already said yeah. We'll we'll try it. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Do you want to try the Rittenhouse? Sure. So this is a one hundred proof, bottled and bond straight rye whiskey, um, and this is made by Heaven Hill. Correct? This is also made by Heaven Hill. I assume that this is going to be a four year old, as opposed to a six ish year old rye. I don't. I don't know how this is going to go. I legitimately do not know
1: what I'm gonna the outcome ha- of
0: this is going to be. I'm going
1: to ask the question of: Do you think it will be? Very similar to what we just had, just kicked up a notch. Kind of the same profile. Scene. That
0: that's my anticipation.
1: Or do you think it'll be its own thing?
0: I am anticipating that it's going to be the Elijah Craig Rye on steroids. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure yet. Here's an idea, though. While we are pondering on this. While well, we're taking some time to kind of acclimate to this uh, yeah. Rittenhouse Rye Whiskey. Why don't we move on to Barrel Rings? All right. And we listened to the question that came in, courtesy of a good friend of the show, Dustin Whitaker. Uh, he called into the show at 859-428-8253, left us a voicemail, uh, which is something you can do every week. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is uh, Dustin's voicemail that he left for us for Barrel Rings.
1: Hey, guys. It's Dustin. Just wanted to call in the show and see how you guys are doing. Wondering what you guys are thinking are your uh, your most anticipated bourbons of the year coming up here. You know, with all the stuff getting can't really come out. You know, I know most of the antique stuff don't come out until later. But through the year, like, uh, I know I'm looking forward to the rare breed rye. That's going to be interesting. So, uh, hopefully you guys can come up with some different stuff. Maybe, I don't know, what's some, what else on this? Hmm, Let's see what else I can think of real quick. How about... Some, you know, we got Girl Scout cookies coming up. What about bourbon and Girl Scout cookie mixes? What do you, what do you think would go well? I don't know. Then mints and some old granddad? Maybe some Samoas and Gypsy? I don't know. Let's see. Curtis, Swan, Perry, you guys, have a good one. See ya. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, we'll answer that in stages, I yeah. guess. Um, we kind of answered some of this last week, but sure. our most anticipated releases. Um, for me, it's definitely the, the rare breed, the rare breed rye. Um, I kind of feel like this is gonna be 2020 might be the year of rye. You think? I think that, that rye has something special in store. Yeah, because we have
1: we have the rare breed rye. We have the Elijah Craig. The rye. The Elijah Craig rye. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it could I don't, be. Yeah, it could be. Um, I'm very interested in uh the you know, the wilderness trail, new releases, the six year, the six year Burman. very excited about yeah. that. Um, I have to refer back to this, uh,
0: um, this release calendar from breaking com. Yeah. Um, I am really hoping that this year's bookers is going to be better than last year's. Mm. <laughs> I, I really, really hope that it, that it's going to be not that last year's was bad, but it just was kind of disappointing. um,
1: of it was course, all pretty even.
0: Yeah. Of course, uh, Kentucky Owl, I'm real pumped for mm-hmm. this coming year. Um, I was, again, a little bit let down by last year's Four Roses Limited Edition. So I'm kind of hoping that 2020 is going to be just a just a hair better. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what comes out of uh, Little Book this coming year because we were such big fans of uh, Little Book 3. Yep. Um yeah, that that's kind of it for me. I mean, I I don't know if it's my most anticipated, but I am interested in seeing what the uh the benchmark releases are gonna be
1: like. <laughs> yeah, this that'll year. be interesting. If, if
0: this is the year that they come out. What about you, Kurt?
1: Uh I'm very interested and this isn't this is kind of not a is if I can find more uh Henry McKenna tenure. I know that's not a release. I know what you're saying, though. Like, you would like to see it I more... just would like to see it more. Yeah. yeah. With, and so I obviously have the uh, Wilderness Trail. Um, what's, what's some others on this list?
0: Uh, well, they're Single Barrel. The Wild Turkey Masters Keep 17-year Bottled and bond. Um, Knob Creek's getting the nine-year age statement back. I'm excited uh, about that. I'm pretty excited about that, too. I think that'll be really cool. I don't
1: know if that necessarily changes much, you know, but I think yeah. it's nice that it'll be on there.
0: Here's one that's not on this list uh, from Breaking Bourbon, and and we definitely talked about it last week, but the uh, the Old Forester single barrels that are getting bumped up to 100 proof and barrel proof.
1: Oh, yes.
0: I am really interested to see what those are going to be like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be great by any means, because that's just you know i don't normally lean towards the old forester line yeah. l- well the 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 flavor profile um but you know i'm always willing to be challenged on that and you know if something good comes from it i'm here i'm here for it yeah i'm here to
1: try it so number 1 that you're excited for i'm going to have to go with the
0: wild uh, the the rare breed rye I really, really, I can't wait to see what that's like. Okay. Because, you know, I've had a uh, wild turkey's rye products before, but I just don't know what it's going to be like at that proof. It's going to be 112 ish mm-hmm. proof. That's really interesting to me. That's really intriguing. Um, And I think just kind of from a uh, kind of like a scientific approach. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to. So that's kind of it for me. What do you think?
1: I'm really excited about the six year Wilderness Trail.
0: That's okay. I'm just that's like tied
1: for one. Yeah. I'm just I'm very invested, I think, in Mm -hmm. Wilderness Trail and New Rift, some of those Craft distilleries that I personally have kind of grown up with a little bit, mm-hmm. so I think that's why I'm I'm partly anticipating those so much.
0: Before we move on to the second half of Dustin's barrel rings, what do you think about the Rittenhouse?
1: It's good. I don't think it's as ramped up steroids as Elijah Craig. I don't think it is either. I think it's its own own I, thing. I I can see on the palate that it's very. It's ramped up. It's got more finish. Yes. It's definitely got more finish. That um, nose is wildly different.
0: Oh, it's very much more rye.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, the the nose has so much more to it. I would venture to say that it maybe is a better product. I think I enjoy it a little bit more. I think it's got more to it.
1: I, yes. I think it very much is if you have had rye before. Mm-hmm. I think if you have not had very much experience with a rye this might put you off. Yeah. Not a ton, but it might be like, all right, this is
0: And this was one of the first rye I ever had. This might be the first rye whiskey I ever had. Okay. And it did kind of turn me off for a long time. I mean, like I had a a couple sips of it and I went, maybe I don't like rye whiskey. Mm. Yeah. But coming back to it, it's really quite pleasant.
1: It's very pleasant.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's that bad.
1: I think it's very good. I think, I would say that's a better product just because I've had a few ryes, but I think the Elijah Craig rye is definitely worth it it's for anybody really that's trying to. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. What about this uh, Girl Scout cookies and bourbon parents? <laughs> this is cool. I feel like this has been done. Okay. But it just kind of going off the top of our heads. Like, so I'm thinking like peanut butter patties. Or no, sorry. What's what's the chocolate covered peanut butter ones? Uh, tagalongs. Yeah, that that yes. The answer is yes, but there's another name for them. Okay. I can't think of what it is. Those and old granddad 114.
1: Yes, <laughs> would um, be a
0: solid pairing.
1: Those and I'm gonna g- Wathins. I say Wathins, but Wathins. Okay, let's call the whole thing off. Those um, and Wathins. <laughs> uh what about
0: caramel delights or samoa are those samoas i think those are samoas okay i so that's like a kind of a coconut flavor dustin said jim beam i'm gonna go a little bit darker i'm gonna say like elijah craig barrel proof Okay. Not the highest proof, maybe in like a 120, 124 range. Okay. But I think that it could really complement it well.
1: I think that would be I would go really with a good. Booker's. Ooh. I could see Booker's for sure. Yeah. What about Thin Mints? Thin Mints? I don't, I don't want to go as dark just because no. they're so rich.
0: Yeah. I would go maybe like a 90. Oh. I would want to try Thin Mints and a Weller Special Reserve. Okay. I think those two could go pretty well together. Maybe I'm com- I, like uh, my brain is associating the green with the green. I don't know. But <laughs> could, be. could be. But I'm thinking like the, the spice and the kick and the punch of the uh, the mintiness with um, the kind of softer side of the, the wheat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that could work. Okay. I,
1: this is going to be crazy. Okay. And something that I would, I usually don't. But Thin Mints and Makers 46. Oh. I get on board with that. Okay. We, I should, say we this. should do this for an episode. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> I say this because it's kind of, it's more nuanced. It's a very good product. It's, uh, but not going to overpower anything with the rich. I think it would pair well with the richness of the yeah. Thin Mint. Yeah.
0: I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean,
1: anytime <laughs> you're drinking bourbon.
0: Uh, how about some mailbag questions? All right. You up for them? Yeah. Okay, let's cool. Do it. Uh, so, so <laughs> do this Do I have a choice? No, you don't. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this is from our uh, our Facebook group. It's uh, this is my bourbon group. Uh, you can find it just on Facebook.com, and there are just questions, so you can uh, become a part of this community. It's really cool. Um, this first one. Uh, comes from Ryan Jeeves, and I'm not sure if I said Geeves or Jeeves last week, but he did ask another question. Um, I'm going to go with Jeeves. It's spelled with a G. I don't know. <laughs> um, he said, thank you for answering. I hope my he calls answer. in. <laughs> he might. Yeah. Uh, 859-428-8253 yeah. is where you can call in. <laughs> Jeez, like, Perry. It's, it's Geeves, not Jeeves. <laughs> yeah. Jeeves. <laughs> anyway, uh, his question is, well, he says, uh, first and foremost, thank you for answering my question last week. Uh, this week's random question, what is uh, your work sucked today, poor? I haven't had an office job in like six months. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of take it as like a today sucked poor. Okay. Um, I start... So, for me, I like to start, like, lower proof and work my way up, right? So, I'll start with, like, a six-year Heaven Hill, 90-proof green label, and then kind of inch my way up to 101, and then maybe a Knob Creek or whatever. But, like, if the day sucked, I'm starting with Turkey 101 <laughs> and, like, jumping, like, proof points by by then, and, like, by the tip-top of it, it's Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Or Booker's or something like that. Because, you know, they're pretty accessible pours that, you know, you can reach for fairly easily. And still, you know, you're not like going, oh, I don't want to pour this Booker's because I spent too much, so on much money and, on it. But it's still like, you know, Booker's has a really good place in terms of like affordable barrel proof pours
1: yeah that's true i
0: think barrel proof pours are the 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 today sucked
1: pour okay for me. you all right yeah see for me i go the other way i go you go lower proof i go lower proof really or not i wouldn't say lower proof but not barrel proof because i'm going i'm shooting for like elijah craig okay i'm shooting for you're going for the pounder. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> if today sucks, today sucks, and I'm pounding the.
0: I feel like the Perry pour was made for the today, today sucks.
1: Yes, it <laughs> was. Yeah, except Perry does it every day. I no, don't. I'm no, just no, don't. I'm just joking.
0: What is this this notion that's been established with this podcast that I'm only doing peripores? pours? Perry pours <laughs> are accidents <laughs> or unintentional. For the most part, um, <laughs> no. I yeah. I I get that. <laughs>
1: um, yes, I would say I, I'm. If today sucks, it's gonna be pounding an everyday <laughs> sipper. <laughs> okay. Um, our next question comes from Brian
0: Wallert. Wall- Waller? I don't know. Brian Wallert. We'll go with that. Uh, he says, "What's your favorite bourbon or rye based cocktail?" to make for a non-whiskey drinker and what whiskey do you use? You're not much of a cocktail drinker.
1: Yeah, so I'm not much of a cocktail drinker if I'm saying, So I don't know necessarily know what I would make for somebody, but if I were putting a bourbon into a cocktail, I would go with Evan Williams uh, Bottle and Bond. Nice. Yeah. Um, just because... That's a bourbon that it's gonna ha- it's gonna uh, you know hold up to whatever you're putting yeah, it in for sure. And I think uh it's worth you know the, the bottle's not as expensive or anything like that, so you're not hurting putting in it in a cocktail. With that being said, I'd probably just give him bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm kind of the same way too, but I I still love the. uh What I thought up until recently was my own creation, but the Keeneland Breeze. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bourbon and orange liqueur topped with Ale 8. I think that's a really, really great cocktail to give somebody. And uh, it's refreshing. It's got zest to it. And I think that the bourbon still kind of shows through Mm -hmm. with it too.
1: And if you don't have Ale 8, replace it with ginger ale.
0: Ginger ale, yeah, absolutely. Brennan Mayer asks... Which uh, is... Sorry. Which is
1: actually what the uh, Keeneland Breeze made. It's with Seagrams, not a
0: What? I thought it was A-Late.
1: It's Ginger Ale, I believe. You just blew my tiny pear bear mind. I'll have to check that again, but I believe that it's just Seagrams Ginger Ale.
0: I could have sworn it was A-Late.
1: So you might have actually created that drink. Yeah, Yeah, Uh
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, this one comes from Brennan Meyer mayor he says what's your go-to glass what makes you decide which glass to use i.e. tasting reviewing nosing proof Uh, follow up uh, do a side-by-side of the same whiskey in a different glass and see if you get different notes we did that we did that already we did that without even seeing the question that's awesome I kind of would say my go-to glass is the Glencairn
1: that's what I would say you know if I'm reviewing yeah by far
0: yeah um, Glencairn's for me are tasting. Yes. Right. But I don't, I don't want to, uh, um, the bourbon works. Um, I don't want to discredit. That's what I'm looking for. A rocks glass just as a pour.
1: You yes. know, if you're just pouring, I, like if you're just having a drink, if you're having a glass of bourbon after work, exactly. If you're having a glass of bourbon at dinner. Mm-hmm. If you're having a glass, rocks glass, something you've had, totally some, fine. Something you're not trying to actually sit down and think about. Mm-hmm. Rocks glass, totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Or the New Orleans glass. I think you could even put that in there. This next one's kind of a weird, off-the-wall question.
0: Uh, this comes from Tyler Passour. He's a new member of our uh, our Facebook group. He welcome said, to the
1: to the Facebook yes, group. Welcome, Tyler.
0: Yeah. Uh, he said, "What is the square root of pi?" Now, on any other occasion, I would have said I don't do math very well, but just so you know, I have memorized the square root of pi. It is 1.77245385091, and just in case you were wondering, Tyler. So, there you go. I like it. Yeah. Next I'm glad question. Perry
1: was there to answer that question.
0: <laughs> Next question comes from Joseph Brazo, good friend of the show. Uh, he says, I, and I've not read this one yet, so... Who's to say where this is going to go? Oh, boy. Uh, he says, I know they're rather intertwined, but of nose palate and finish, which matters most? Uh, would you rather drink a bourbon that smells awful but tastes great or a magical nose and crappy palate? And where does finish finish? So, right did, did that make sense? You look a little lost.
1: No, I'm good. I'm Okay. Good. You, looked, I'm... you looked slightly confused. No, I was thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which apparently makes... I just look like I'm confused. But... <laughs>
0: Just like your swan. general state of being, yeah. Like swan, swan. yeah. Swans like I'm just here yeah. for it, yeah. <laughs> um, I would rather drink a bourbon that tastes great but smells awful.
1: Oh yeah, by far, by far. I would go. This is how it would be. I would definitely want the palate. It needs to taste good. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can get over the fact that it might smell bad. <laughs> But in Sorry, the,
0: I just I just thought of a very specific bourbon that I, I don't want to talk about on the podcast, but okay. maybe we'll
1: <laughs> be a really good Patreon bonus episode. Gotcha. Sorry, Move, moving moving on. Uh, I apologize. So my, in the order, I would say palate to nose to finish. I uh, I would go palate finish nose. Okay.
0: Uh, no, no,
1: actually, I'd agree with you. Now that I think about it. I think you get so much more notes from the nose.
0: Yeah, I think that the nose is going to be more
1: exciting.
0: Also, that's one
1: of your main sensories. So. Yeah, for sure. And, I don't think like, the finish... And I love a good finish on a on a bourbon, yeah.
0: but I'm not craving it, I guess. I think that it, it the finish for me is kind of like that added bonus. Mm-hmm. You know? That gets me excited for it again but is it necessary maybe it should have a little bit it should have a little bit but it was say anyway we're to say that we are to say yeah you're correct um that was our mailbag segment and uh i think it's time for tips and bits curtis are you ready for tips and bits As you roll your eyes and realize that you totally forgot to prepare anything to recommend. We just have so many segments now. (laughs) That's what separates us from other bourbon podcasts. We're for the listener. (laughs) Yes. Right? Um, I'll start with one. I have a few, actually. Wow, you've thought about it. I have thought about it. Okay. Um, My first one. Mm, I have one. Can I still go first? Back off. Oh, just kidding. Okay. You go ahead. Wow, it's my show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. It's our show. you about to argue? No. Just kidding. You go ahead. Uh, the first posthumous album
1: for Mac, Mac Miller. Miller! Yeah. That was
0: going to be mine.
1: Circles. Yes. It's ridiculous. I've been good. listening to it all week.
0: Um, It feels like a real album that he crafted. I mean, it legitimately has this feel of he was sitting with the producers and, and making everything happen to his taste. And I think that is what encapsulates the legacy of Mac Miller is that people took what he was doing and they latched onto it in such a visceral way and said, "We're going to continue this legacy." And if it had been done any other way, that didn't feel true to his music, it would have been lost. It would have just been noise. But this album, I—it's very good. It's like it, it's like a is Tupac dead kind of mm. album because it feels so real. It feels so authentic. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry I stole your tips. No, bets,
1: but. no, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that we thought we were thinking the same same exact thing though. I think that's just
0: a testimony to how, how authentic it
1: is. And that first song circles?
0: <sighs> I'm a In big my fan opinion, of good news. Okay. Yeah. I think good news is as the kids are saying today, a banger.
1: It's a banger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, as some kids would say, a bop.
0: A bop. Oh, it slaps.
1: It slaps. That's what I've heard recently. It's
0: lit. I don't. I don't necessarily like it slaps, Right.
1: <laughs> it's fun to say every once it's, in a while.
0: It's fine. Yeah. I
1: also like uh, Blue World.
0: Oh yeah, the groove on Blue World. Yeah, is ridiculous. What about <laughs> this? Have you watched the Jeff Goldblum show on Disney Plus?
1: I have watched one episode. I really like it. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, watched I'm, the I'm sneakers a, episode. I'm
0: a yeah, that
1: one. Yeah, and if you want to be a wannabe sneaker expert, learn <laughs> flipper. I really, really
0: like that show. I've watched. Um, actually, I think I've watched like two or three. Okay, but I if, if you're talking about just a really cool documentary. It's good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Do you have anything else that you want to recommend? No, I, I was going to say Mac Miller. <laughs> that was your only other thing. It was really good. I have, I have one more. Um, and it's partially self and self indulgent rather, but also because I love and support him. Um, Fred Menick has a new podcast. It's called the Fred Minnick show. And it ties in uh, whiskey and music. Wow. Okay. So he's inter. So far, as a recording, there's only been two episodes that have come out. Um, he is interviewing musicians and drinking whiskey with them. It's really, really good. Um, and you know, there there's some level of like, is this going to be overproduced? Or is this going to be, like, out of touch with the podcast world? Um, but it feels very self-aware. It feels very grounded. And um, I think Fred's done a great job with it so far. I'm actually um, going to be interviewing Fred about it uh, here very soon. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, there's... um. Which really good things to to come from. It's just called The Fred Minnick Show. It's on uh, all podcast providers. I think that we've done a pretty good job of spanning multiple aspects of entertainment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that about does it for this episode, Curtis. What do you think?
1: I think that's about it. You man. have anything else you want to say? No, I've had a... Had a great time. Had a good episode? Yeah. Great a great time. A
0: great time. A great
1: time. Yes.
0: Um, well now that we've offended all of our Irish listeners, uh, where can they find you on social media so they can let you know how much, how much offended?
1: Yeah. Uh you can find me on Instagram at KurtCon and uh on Twitter Kurt underscore con fifteen. And I am at P Ritter 1492 on all social media channels. If
0: you would like to uh, follow the show. It is at MyBourbonPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you could please leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app, that would be awesome, and it is a great way for new listeners to seek out the show, find it if they just search Bourbon Podcasts uh, in the app, they will see it because there are more people listening to it and, and reviewing it. So uh, for those of you who have done so already, we really do appreciate you. Um We're always happy to see new reviews coming in. This one actually, uh, as I scroll down to it, is from uh, SheaBell20. And they say, well, the, the title is The Bourbon Boys Are Killing It. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Uh, The review is, where to even start with these dudes, what they bring to the bourbon community is just hands down awesome. They have so much knowledge that is just so spot on and want to share with others. Yet at the same time, hearing others' opinions and knowledge is refreshing. Listening to this podcast has been a highlight of my week. I get so excited when I see a review coming up, and I know it's going to be honest and real, and I love how they can often uh, have differing opinions about a certain bourbon. Not to mention, they are stupid funny. I guess we're funny (laughs) as I just break my glass on the floor. Um, If you haven't already checked them out, you need to. Perry Pour has definitely become a continuous phrase in my vocabulary. Thanks, guys, for making a great podcast for Bourbon enthusiasts like myself. Keep up the great work. Also, thanks for making it family-friendly. Easy. (laughs) I love that. That, Happy to do that, yeah. Thank thank you you, so much. That's That's awesome. Very appreciative. Yeah. Uh, so, again, rate and review on the iTunes app. Uh, you can send questions or comments about the show to shop at gmail.com. We always love hearing from people. You can become a part of our Facebook group at facebook.com slash mybourbonpodcast. Uh, just a couple questions to get you in and, uh, you know, make sure you're a listener to the show. Uh, all of our apparel and merchandise is at bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, you can check that out for sure. And then last but not least, uh, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast uh, where you can replace my glass that I just broke. Very sad about. Um, no, it's fine. We're, we're running
1: out of glasses, <laughs> happens, man. So we're
0: going to be out of glasses here in a, in a couple of weeks. No, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help out the show uh, as we continue month to month, week to week, uh, day to day. Um, it is a really great way uh, for you to show your support for this podcast. Uh, you get bonus content at the $5 tier, like our pregame chats and like um, our our bonus episodes that come out every month. Uh, at $10, you have a, a private and a really exclusive little uh, live stream or hangout that happens every single month. Those are always loads of fun. Um, we just hang out and chat about whiskey and what's been going on with every everybody for for a while i think that does it for this week i'm i'm tired i'm ready to eat more fried chicken (laughs) same (laughs) thank you all so much for listening i'll see you next week but until then i'm perry i'm curtis and this is my bourbon podcast